coming up, we discuss New Year's resolutions with some other Doctor Who podcasters, and we also chat about the final part of Doctor Who Flux, The Vanquishers. The TARDIS Cloister Bell. Imminent disaster. The Cloister Bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the Cloister Bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The Cloister Bell? Oh, no. Hello, everyone. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll be having our main discussion about Doctor Who Flux. Um, But before then, we caught up with some other Doctor Who podcasters on our live stream uh, this Monday. And here's a segment of that discussing our New Year's resolutions. Oh, oh, we're going to do uh, New Year's oh, resolutions as well before we go. Oh, New Year's resolutions. Yeah. I thought, um, if that's all right with you, Liam, we can stick a bit on our podcast for Friday where we do everyone's New Year resolutions. No. No. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, we can't do Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so I like Rob's gone into podcast oh, mode now. I know. <laughs> Back straight, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I don't know. So I'll nominate someone first. Are, are these who related or just normal? No, just who related, but probably who related. Oh, right. But oh, right, okay. Um, I'm gonna go oh, with Matt. Who, so Matt. hang on, who related New Year's resolutions? Um. Who not related to Doctor Who? Related to you, with regards to who? <laughs> Hang on, sorry, I don't know whether it comes it's late. I'm confused. What? What are we doing? You love this. But yeah, just personal New Year's resolutions for next year. Right. Okay. I'm gonna go with Matt first. Matt just needs to catch up. Can we make that his? Just yeah. <laughs> So when when you said it, and I thought it was going to be Doctor Who related, my goal is to find one Troughton story I like. Oh my oh, God, Jesus! Does it have to be a Doctor Who story? <laughs> it was another stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably quite like that. Um, he's good in the Omen. Yeah. Oh, he's right. a vicar, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I know this isn't the audience to say this, but Doctor Who didn't get good till Pertwee turned up. He was my first. He was my first. I'm going to take yeah. that. Okay, well, while I'm we're talking about good. blasphemous uh, opinions, because I love the Hartnell era, but um, I think Jamie is massively overrated as a companion. He actually irritates me. What the? He- what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. Shona is the one who's drunk. (laughs) But I feel feel like my alcohol level. I I don't know what's going on here. This is is your flux. We're just going to destroy you. Yeah, this is what you've done to us. I'm just hearing Matt saying, I want to reign in hell. I just I'm lost for words. <laughs> I don't Anybody think he's awful. I just think he's in the show too long. 
just think he overstays his welcome. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, can I just? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so you can so real offence to this now. You've done it now. Absolutely. Come in here, Liam. <laughs> uh, uh, Math, Matthew. Um, yeah. <laughs> how many Tritons have you seen? Two. Oh, right. Oh, okay. And you, you what did you see? The mind okay. robber? And Tomb of the Cybermen. And you're not already convinced that Doctor Who's peaked? Right. Trouton, I hate his sour face. I hate his stupid haircut. I hate <laughs> him playing the flute every two minutes. All his stories are shit. All his companions are shit. I, I hate it. Wow. And then you get Spearhead from space and all of a sudden it, it's good. This, this New Year's resolution segment <laughs> really I, fucking gets I, I cannot stress enough I hate Troughton. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to just... Uh... Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's getting a bit bright in here now as well, isn't it? <laughs> I wish I never said that. I was hoping to go to bed at midnight. <laughs> it's my birthday! Oh, happy yeah, birthday! Happy birthday! Oh, happy birthday. oh yeah. Birthday. Cheers. Oh, I already. Oh, cheers! Cheers, my empty glass. Oh, that's sad. Glory, Philip. <clears throat> Everyone down in the cold cup is. <laughs> I'm not touching it. No, just something about a mould. My New Year's resolution is to read at least one book. <laughs> oh. Little Thank Miss you. or Mr. Ben? Well, you know, I've, I've, even, I've given myself leeway. It doesn't have to have words. It can just be pictures. So... It just has to be a book. That's it. Give yourself an achievable goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just sick of seeing things like, oh, what was your favourite book of the year? Like, I don't know. I haven't read anything. I don't... <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my New Year's resolution. Cool. I don't think I'll achieve it. That's a good one, though. I'm, I'm really worried this intent texting Harry's doing this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just got one word for you. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, mate. We're not doing this again. Yeah. What the hell are we doing here, Luke? <laughs> We're not signing up next series. Love this. I've already told you I'm out. I'm not watching. I'm not watching the. the... Doctor's oh, done though. Oh, you will. You can't resist. You will. So, um, on to Carolyn. Oh, I don't know. I said last year about reading more books, genuinely, to myself. Um, I don't know. I'm not very good at setting them because I don't bloody keep them. Um, maybe just be a bit more adventurous. Just say yes to more stuff. Like, we've had so long where we're allowed to do bog all. I think just go and be more adventurous, do more stuff. It's no. not very exciting. I'm also not going to blaspheme against anybody else because I think there's been enough rage here, so I'm just going to keep very quiet. 
What do you think of Troughton? <laughs> <laughs> just to know whether yeah, I need I mean, to put you in that separate list. It's not like any list. worse than what Matt has just said. No, I, I, don't, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. No, I'm I not nearly as angry about him as Matt is. <laughs> <laughs> We're going with people I can't stand in the programme. Perry, fuck off. No. No. Oh, no. Really? That just... I love Perry. Oh, oh nippy the accent, though, and she's just windy. Yeah. She got what she deserved in the twin <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. Colin thinking. would have just... <laughs> yeah. Keep going, Colin, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Where there's blame, there's a claim. <laughs> yeah, all right, I've put it out there. I've come up with my... That's, that's my, my, my piece. Oh, God. Caroline's yeah. controversial... Uh, Companion Chronicle. Companion Chronicle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just can't believe this. <laughs> this has shaken your world. Honestly, I'm genuinely shocked. I just thought it was all of the people on Twitter that I don't like that say things like that. Like, oh. just don't don't want to say Trouton's not as good as it is. Don't shoot me. It's like, oh, I'm coming for you. He just unfollowed like, Surely, Surely it wouldn't be someone in the same live stream as me that would have yeah. this opinion. Those are just faceless people on Those Twitter. Those are other people. Yeah, surely <laughs> someone wouldn't look me in the eye and say yeah. this to me. Look into <laughs> your lens and tell me that you don't Every like time that. I hear a van drive past my house, I'll be like, drawing the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> You're going through that miniature yeah. door at the back. Yeah. Love, get down! <laughs> I go out to work tomorrow morning there's just a tiny kind of WD-40 on my doorstep <laughs> Merry Christmas I'd love that just as you're sort of scraping your windshield window for ice I can just appear and just be like do you need any help or you can defrost it with your flamethrower yeah yeah <laughs> When I'm describing it, think of really. Tell me. Describing it to the police, I'll be like, there was two of them. One of them had a Cyberman head, and one was a Dalek. <laughs> but not a real Dalek. You know the one with the tentacles in that terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Daleks terrible. in Manhattan. <laughs> series two, you remember? Series three, you remember? <laughs> you remember <laughs> Martha? <laughs> yeah, I think on it's Shona now. Oh, was it me? Yeah. Um. Well, I've been watching uh, Star Trek Next Generation for the first time since, what? like, this year. Yeah, I know. Listen, listen. I've been I, working hard on this, girl. Okay. Like, listen, listen, I started with Discovery, okay, which is mm. bananas. And then I watched season three of Next Generation, which is the best way to start, honestly, isn't it? Because... If you start with season one, you're just not going to watch it because you'd be like, why am I... Like, it's pissed funny, though, the first couple of... Like, the first like, if you great. watched from season one and then you got to that second episode where they're all drunk, why would you watch it? Like, So I watched season three and then I went back and watched season one and I've See, just finished... Oh, I like the drunk episode. I, but maybe I used to like it because it was like a continuation of a classic one. It was like the drunk time oh, and the drunk now. Yeah, I like it. Listen, I'll probably like it now, but I feel like it's quite alien. Like series one of Next Generation is probably quite alienating if you're trying to get into it. See, maybe. I love season two, and you've bypassed that. No, I haven't. I've, I've like, I've, I went back. So I watched oh, okay. season three, and then I went back and watched season one. Oh, season okay, two. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I 
I watched the first episode of season five today. Oh my god! Uh, uh, you got, got the cliffhanger coming up, haven't you? Yeah. When's best what? of both? When's best of both worlds? Is that season? Oh, five? that no, no, that's no, no, that's the that's the end of season three. Is it season three? Best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, the Borg. Where oh, yeah. Gets yeah. The yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, it's so good. Um, so my New Year's resolution is just to, but I've I've been a bit lazy with it, and I keep like leaving big gaps between watching episodes. So my New Year's resolution is to finish the Next Generation. And to keep watching Star Trek. It's a pretty easy New Year's resolution. I'm just going to watch Star Trek. It's not a hardship, that, is it really? No, it's fine. Yeah, pretty easy. Cool. That's my story. Cool. So, who want you know, Liam? Uh, take up smoking. Is that just after tonight? <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. I love the way we all just nodded. So yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. We understand. Fair. <laughs> we understand. Some you will look pretty cool. Try some cocaine. <laughs> just a just a bag. Just to say you've done it. Yeah. Just a to say you've done it. One bag of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. This very much depends on how big the bag is. Just a test. Get on the like solvents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be ways to get rid of it, won't there? You know, you could put it in butter, put it in milk. <laughs> just off your face, just eating a ham sandwich. Just completely gone. In your teeth. Just... Wow. There's probably ways to. Well, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think it's a good idea. Take up yeah. smoking. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> It's achievable. Have you got any others? Quit smoking. The thing is, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Serious. It's it's a really right. What I don't actually want to explain the reasons why it's really it's quite embarrassing. But anyway, uh, the other thing, if you want to be sensible, is uh, try and because I'm quite an avid reader anyway. But uh, just try and read more. Read more. You read a lot. Mr. Tickle. Yeah. You would look at uh, should swap numbers. What's that? You would look at swap numbers. Yeah. Read something. Some club. Book club. Liam and Luke's book club. If you take up smoking as well, you could sit outside a cafe with a book and a cigarette. Like yes, you're French smoking. or something. Yeah, yeah, you just need you're a pair and then you're done. Yeah. No, and actually, what I want to do is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lacing your sandwiches with WD 40. Just somewhere up there, off knowing there's a man sat there with a, a massive cigarette, a beret, a book, and a big Asda carrier bag of cocaine outside Costa. <laughs> No, it wouldn't be a cigarette, it'd be a pipe. So I'd be smoking a pipe, wearing yes. a beret, and uh, with a big ju- I, bag I of... think cigarette holder is the better option. Mm. Cruella de Vil. Oh. Yeah. I got another <laughs> best yeah. oh, What's that, Luke? I want to try a cigar. I want to try a cigar. Oh, I, have, I smoke a cigar sometimes, but only when I'm playing poker. Well, that, that's yeah. it, isn't it? 
That's, that's you dress like a dog as well. <laughs> <laughs> I dress like a dog. <laughs> the one, the one rule for playing poker is that we have to be in a dingy, you know, cellar and all dress as dogs. With <laughs> see, how, see how Luke's got his little, like, his, his Dalek man hat. See this yeah. year if they do Carvanista hats. We all oh, get yeah, the that. And then sit around and... No, I will say, Carbonese, I was surprised at how much emotion he could uh, convey through that mask. Yeah, yeah, we heard I'm not surprised sick. by that. I yeah. like that. Luke, are you wearing a dressing gown? Yeah. Oh, I see. What of it? That's it, never mind. What of it? I'm fully dressed. Whoa, whoa! I'm fully dressed. Yeah, we don't need you to prove it. <laughs> no, we are. Looks like a wrestler. Who's about to... Do you know what? And it's oh. going to look great with your cigar. Yeah, that's true. I'm at a big bag. I've got one. I've got one. Uh, somewhere. It's like years old. I stole it from my uncle years ago. I've always been such... A, just a little bitch. I've never never went for it. And I think I will this year. Yeah, it's nice. I think I will. I think I will. Maybe New Year's. On the live stream. Maybe New Year's. Yeah. Brilliant. No, because I don't want to... <laughs> How how did we get from week one when Matt was in like his full tuxedo to this? The dressing gown. Yeah. Just cigars yeah. in dressing gowns. Yeah. You, you made such a good impression on me. I was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Forget it. It's not so, worth it. So who's left for the resolution? Because we need to get Matt off to bed. Oh, yeah. Is it just me? Maybe. Uh, How are you doing yours? No, I don't think so. Go oh, you go first. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? I started this without even thinking of myself. Um, you know what? I've got a fence to build. Oh, yeah. so that is a good choice. A good choice, yeah. <laughs> can I? Can I just? I want to just mention this, and it really bugs me when people use drills to put screws into wood. Because you don't use a drill; you use an impact driver, and people just exactly. use drills. People use drills, and then they're like, oh, the screw's rounded. Yeah, because you're using a drill. Use an impact driver. Sorry, continue. Okay. Um, I think that's it. I think I'm going to use an impact driver. There you go. My my, um, fence now, yeah. Ryobi. Yeah, I've got one of those. Brilliant. (laughs) Use WCPY 10 on checkout. Yeah, and you get 10% off. Costco. Yeah. Good time, Harold, um, Harold, Um Maybe an album. Yeah, that's probably my number one. I've sort of said that it's going to happen anyway, so it's going to happen. Um, that's the thing. Just what, to, once you say it, you've committed, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they say that um, once you've told people about what you're going to do, you got more chance of actually doing it. Yeah. I just put yeah, it'll just be putting an extra full stop at sort of I am doing an album. So oh we, you know, not just me. But yeah. Don't put another one. Yeah. It just sounds like you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I th- I, yeah New Year's resolution is to stop deleting things. Because mm. I write tons yeah. and tons of stuff and I just delete it straight away. So Yeah. Boring, I know. 
There, there could have been gold in there. There could have. Mm. <laughs> you say that. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. I, I hope the CD of your album goes in Costco. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what, just the, so you can use your codes to get money in the, off? Yeah, in the bargain bin. <laughs> <laughs> On the way out. Yeah. We've, like, we've worked it out. It's like, it'll cost about 50 quid to get 60 CDs, like, printed. But we're just going to be lumbered. <laughs> just going to have boxes and boxes of my own album. <laughs> so... Yeah. Does anyone buy CDs anymore? Good question. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kleisterbell Podcast, a weekly Doctor Who podcast hosted by myself and Liam. Hi, Liam. How are you doing? Yes, uh, not too bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fine. No complaints. And no, you? Not bad. Not bad at all. Hi. So... Six weeks later, we'll finish Flux. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a chance to discuss this on Monday on the live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we'll have a bit of a different approach now. It's just me and you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because we didn't exactly do a big breakdown on the, on the on the live stream, did we? No, no. I think it was uh, it was interesting. It was it was nice to be a, a part of the live stream uh, and. Uh, have the opportunity to talk to all the other presenters who are really nice people um and it was it was more uh our overall feelings of the episode was mm-hmm. was how we approached it and uh, bits that we liked bits that we thought didn't quite work uh, for some people uh, bits that people really hated mm-hmm. i think it's safe <laughs> to say that it's uh, it's an episode and a series now which has uh, divided opinion yeah um, I've re rewatched. Um, well, I kind of skimmed it today, but um, I watched some of the more significant parts of it. Um, slightly reevaluated it a bit. Um, I was a bit reluctant to give it a, an exact rating on Monday, um, because I didn't quite know how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's interesting rewatching it again. Um, but before we do get onto that, uh, have you been up to anything? Since we last recorded, uh, no, not not really. Um, it's all been quite quiet, other than work and then bracing the weather. Mm. Uh, at the time of recording, there's been an awful lot of rain earlier. Yeah. Um, haven't really been up to much yet. Uh, I've arranged uh, catching up uh, with some friends uh, over the over the next couple of weeks, which is nice. But other than that, nothing yet. And you? That's good. Uh, not much. I was waiting in the house all day today because someone was coming out to repair the windscreen on the car. Um, and eventually they rang and said, what's the weather like there? I said, it's mm-hmm. awful, it's raining. And he said, okay, sorry, I can't do it. We're going to have to reschedule. bit mm-hmm. annoying because every morning the window's frosty, I blast the heating on, the mm-hmm. crack spreads. <laughs> so I was really hoping today was the day it was going to get fixed. So... I don't know what 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 will happen. Will it just spread? The glass isn't gonna like explode on us one day, is it? Well, I hope not. Hope not. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. How big is the crack? It's getting bigger. It was like, it was a bit like the size and the shape of a croissant. 
in, in, right. and now it's more like um, a seagull with its wings open kind of thing oh, <laughs> it's like, oh right okay spread out both, in both directions like quite symmetrical mm-hmm. <laughs> but apart from that um, I've been playing some Fortnite with my oldest daughter today oh right okay uh, she's got it on the Switch, um, had it on the PlayStation, and it turns out you can do online play on Fortnite from any console, which is quite good. Yeah. Yeah. It's an odd thing, but it worked really well. Because games don't quite do that, do they? They have like, their own console-specific servers. Uh, yeah, some do. Um, I, was, uh, I was reading a, a, a list of... Um games to, to try and th- there were a couple in there which was oh they, they seem quite good uh, and then when I found out that they were um, exclusives to the Xbox which I don't oh, have yeah. I oh. went oh for god's sake um, <laughs> so it's just like oh these games I've been and I can't play because I'm not buying an Xbox just to play you know a handful of games just, was there something no. in particular that you wanted to play I think it was called Tome oh uh, it looked it looks really nice. Uh, black and white drawn graphics, sort of similar to Pokemon, mm. but um, you go around as a photographer. Right. It just seemed quite nice, and uh, I liked the the style of it, and uh, it it had some good reviews. But yeah, I think that's exclusive to the Xbox. Oh, that's really annoying. Um, I had a little phase where I was in Xbox. Um, when uh, the Xbox three sixty was out. Um, mm-hmm. I did get that before I had the PS3. So for a short time, <laughs> I was like on the Team Xbox side. Um, and that had uh, the Halo series that was exclusive to Xbox. And uh, I really liked that because me and my wife at the time, we played that. And uh, it's one of the few games where you can actually play split screen co-op, like local on on the same console. Because mm. not many games these days are obviously like split screen multiplayer. It's all it's all online. Yeah. So when you can play like a main story campaign together, um, that was that was pretty good. So we kind of played all we could um, on Halo. Um, start off with start off with Halo Three. Um, mastered the game on every difficulty, um, and then we moved on to online. Uh, but after after a short while, um, there wasn't many other games I got for the Xbox, and eventually, I did end up getting a PlayStation Three that was included with my mobile phone contract. Oh, right, uh, okay. Um, so got a few games for that, uh, and kind of yeah, I was I was back on back on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. What 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 consoles you had over the years? Um. An Omega or an Atari, I can't remember now. So that's going. That's very early nineties. Yeah, it was one of the two. So that was my earliest sort of gaming experience. I know you said consoles, but I can't help but mention the Game Boy. Mm. Um, uh, any any I'm, kind of staple games on there? What's the main games on the Game Boy? Oh yeah, well the Tetris. Mm. Uh, is an obvious one. There was a Garfield game, which uh, <laughs> which, which I Just really like a platformer. Liked. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, and that got quite difficult early on, but I liked the challenge. I enjoyed playing that. There was the, the Mario games, obviously, and then there was the wonderful spin-off of Wario. Um, oh, yeah. 
there were a few. Those are the immediate ones that come to mind. There were obviously a few others, but how about you? Did you have? Any, did you have one? Yeah, um, on the original Game Boy, Tetris was a main one. Not many others that I can think of. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't until maybe Pokemon came out that um, I'd kind of bypassed the Game Boy Pocket, and then I got the Game Boy Color for Christmas, uh, and it was just kind of Pokemon. <laughs> From there on out, mm-hmm. um, not many other games on the Game Boy at that stage. Um, I did get the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. um, but kind of handheld games. I, I I did try and get into the DS, but didn't kick off with it so much. And by that point, um, I wasn't really interested in Pokemon, so there wasn't many many games on the DS that I could really get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a PSP briefly. Uh, eventually, when they kind of were fizzling out, I got one cheap, I think. And uh, there's a few good games on that. Uh, I liked Crisis Core. It was one of the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. Ah, okay. That was, I remember quite liking that. Um, and the Grand Theft Auto games um, mm. were also on the, the PSP. And when I thought that was pretty cool because it's like, a, a nice open world 3D game on a handheld console. That was amazing, yeah. Um, main games consoles. Uh, I had a PS2, uh, Dreamcast, um, and I did get a GameCube when they came out, but what came out after that? Uh, Xbox One, uh, didn't really get into. Yes, yeah, so I had a, a, kind of, a kind of a phase after. PS2 and Dreamcast, where I had it maybe a few years without uh, without playing many games. Yeah, I had um, so I got the the PlayStation as a tenth birthday present, um, nice. and I remember playing because I also got um, Rayman, Porsche Challenge, and Final Fantasy VII on that day as well. So it was uh, yeah, that was really good, uh, and loved those games. And I remember getting into the Broken Sword games on the PlayStation. Love those, uh, yeah. Yeah, and there the, the were the were loads of games at the time. Mm. Um, obviously, Resident Evil was a massive thing, and then you had the various spin-offs. I quite liked Dino Crisis, which, for those that don't know, was Resident Evil but replaced zombies with dinosaurs. Oh um, yes, uh, and they did. Um, they did a weird thing. They did. Uh, there was a there was a Resident Evil Survivor game that was a shooting game on the PS One. Mm-hmm. And they did a kind of a loose sequel that was Resident Evil Survivor based on the Code Veronica game that they did at the time. And then and then they did S- Survivor 3, which was, um, or maybe it wasn't Dino Crisis, it was like Turok or Dino Crisis or something like that. But it was like the third game in this Resident Evil Survivor series was a dinosaur game. <laughs> it's completely strange. <laughs> I mean, but there were loads of good games at that time. And then I remember... Um... When the PlayStation 2 came out, that was a massive deal because it was the next generation of console and it was really going to push what you could do. So on the PlayStation, uh, I remember playing Metal Gear Solid because that was massive and that was a fantastic game. Oh, yeah. And then on PlayStation 2, you had Metal Gear Solid 2, yeah, which I really liked at the time. I know a lot of people criticised it and weren't keen on the character Ryder, but I liked the game. I didn't get that. I liked that. Yeah, Maybe. I did as well. Yeah. And um, But it was actually during that time when I started to drift away from playing games for an awfully long time because mm-hmm. um, 
there wasn't uh, suddenly there wasn't that I didn't feel like there was that much range of games that they had been in the past mm-hmm. and I kind of wasn't interested and drifted off um so then for years uh, I didn't really play and then I ended up missing out on a massive um you know on the PlayStation 3 and stuff that didn't do anything with that um it wasn't until Assassin's Creed came out when I went oh that looks interesting and then and then I decided to go down the Xbox route like you did and I got the Xbox 360 um mm-hmm. you know I was playing games on that mainly the Assassin's Creed and then I've got a PlayStation 4 and at the moment I'm quite happy with that I know we've got another next generation but mm, yeah too, too expensive it's not a necessity and I, I you know I play now and again you had an, uh, a Nintendo 64, though, didn't you? I did, yes. Um, I'm, 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 I'm forgetting so many. I had I had the, the, the Master System, the Mega Drive when I was younger. Um, well, mm. the Master System I picked up at the car boot sale. <laughs> but the Mega Drive um, was a Christmas present. It was the Mega Drive 1, which was the bigger one, <laughs> um, which probably glitched more and had a headphone jack. Favourite games on that were um, Sonic 1 and 2. Oh, that's a great game. You might remember it it was called menacer and you put a box on your a little infrared box on your top of your tv and you had a massive gun with binoculars and had loads of mini games on there it was great yeah um uh but yes uh did have the n64 so i think when i don't remember when that came out but it was my brother that got me the 64 he took me up to Charlie's One, which was up um, Westgate Road. Yes, I remember that. Yes, um, yeah, right yeah. outside the, the red post box. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got me a second-hand N64 with a red controller. Uh, I got Wave Race. You know, the graphics were described as like immensely lifelike. <laughs> Looking back, it's, just, it's, it's ridiculous. But uh, I loved Wave Race. GoldenEye was an absolute yeah. favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a spiritual successor to Goldeneye called Perfect Dark. And when you get Perfect Dark, you could play the multiplayer campaigns, but to to play the st- main story campaign and improve the graphics, you had to get an expansion pack that um, you took a panel off the top of your 64, removed the little CPU and put or memory or something, and put the new one in. And it really improved that. Um, so all of a sudden, you you could play this game with better graphics, rich audio, and stuff like that. That's great. Uh, what what other games were on the 64? I think I had Formula 1 with a steering wheel. Um, do you remember any 64 games? I'm forgetting. No, South, no. South it's... Park was a good one. Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Stadium. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, no, because I, I didn't have a Nintendo 64. And I remember the Sega Saturn was a big deal. I didn't get that. No, so really the first game console that I had... Because really, the Omega and um, the Atari weren't were a games console, but obviously you could play games on it. It was basically a computer, really. first games console was the PlayStation. But you've reminded me about uh, Charlie One, which was a um, a game shop on Westgate Road in, in, in Newcastle. But quite a peculiar place to have it, because it's quite... It's sort of out the way, really, isn't it? Yeah, for anyone where, who... where it was, because it's not the bit of Westgate Road which is at the the very bottom of it, which is in town. It's sort of um, it's very much into Fenham, and it's it's on a you know it's on that steep incline. But you would go in. I think it's a motorbike shop now. 
but it was it was huge and long, and they sold secondhand games and new games. Mm-hmm. And because I was into Broken Sword, that got me into pointed click adventure games. And there was this odd fantasy uh, game called The City of Lost Children. Oh right, okay. And I was reading, reading about reading the cover. And I went, it seems a bit interesting, a bit dark, but uh, v- one of the oddest games I've ever played, and also one of the most frustrating. Um, what was this on? PS. This was on the PlayStation, mm. uh, and it was uh, it was actually based on a um, nineteen ninety five science fantasy film, uh, a French science fantasy film. Okay. Um, so was it, which I which I subsequently seen because of the game, one of the oddest films I've ever seen. So what it's about is, um, as the title suggests, you've got this city, um, but it's sort of um, uh, it's either on an island or very near the coast, and uh, you've got these really peculiar characters, but children are going missing, uh, and the reason why they're going missing is because they're being kidnapped. But what it is is you've got this this uh, this character who cannot dream, uh, and this is affecting his sleep. So he's been kidnapping children to steal their dreams. But what ends up happening is um, he he ends up having nightmares because the children he's kidnapping are having nightmares. But the reason why they're having nightmares is because all the children are being kidnapped. Um, so yeah, it, it's mad. And then you had the, I don't know who on earth thought you know what that would make a really good video game, oddest thing ever. And um, what the heck is the gameplay? It, it, I remember it was it was very it was a little bit clunky. It was very pernickety. Um, so you would have to like if you had to pick up a um, uh, an item or something like that. You you couldn't be in most games sort of like in the vicinity of it. You had to be bang on a certain spot and obviously this being the playstation you know, the, the controls aren't as sensitive as they would be now uh, and it was i remember there was one bit in the game where you have to go up these metal stairs to access this room mm. and it's it's outside uh, and the bottom of the stairs is being guarded by somebody uh, and you find out that this person has very sensitive hearing. So you end up getting a bell. And of course, what you've got to do is you've got to hit the bell on these metal stairs, um, which you do. And he's very sensitive to it. And I'm just going, I know this is what I need to do. So why isn't this working for this person to clear off? No, you have to uh, I had to keep on trying it uh, to, and keep on edging the character into a certain space. It took ages and then every time that you're doing this and then the game the, the, the controls wasn't particularly easy so either the the character isn't quite in the right place and you're pressing the wrong button because it's all very confusing and it became a catchphrase where this character goes I don't think I can manage it I can't manage it and you're going oh you're so wet and a drip that actually became a catchphrase in the house for a while where we all <laughs> joke just going I don't think I can manage it anyway, oddest game ever uh, finally finished it. It's just like, what the hell was that? And I went, I've got to watch the film. And then, uh, oddly, not long after I completed the the game, all right, okay. It, the, the film was then. It was just like, what? But what the chance of that? I think it was broadcast on Channel Four late at night at some point, and then I watched it and just going, well, that was a thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and I remember, well, this was the thing. So we bought it from from Charlie One. And 
because the gameplay was so frustrating and you're just constantly going, I don't think I can manage it. Just going, I can't play this game. So um, we ended up going back to to basically go, look, at the game's damaged. Can we have our money back? I've never had this before uh, where the guy went, oh, okay. He uh, he then went to play it and he's playing it in front of us and just going, no. And it was, it was like, because uh. obviously, like, one of the most obscure games there probably is. And the salesman is one of the few people who have actually played it. And you're going, oh, for God's sake. So he's playing it in front of us going, no, there's nothing wrong with this game. We, we can't refund you. It's just like, mm, oh, yeah. right, okay. Uh, it's just like, oh, well, that didn't work, did it? We didn't manage it. No. But, <laughs> so you've still got but, it? <laughs> no. <laughs> got rid of that years ago. Yeah. But it's a memory. Yeah. Aye. And then there was another char- There was Charlie's 2 in the green market. Uh, yes, there was, yes. And then they shut Charlie's 1 and opened Charlie's 3 opposite Charlie's 2. As you do. As you yeah. do. Charlie's 3 was exclusively PlayStation games, I think, and Charlie's, Charlie's 2 was everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had Granger Games in... The Granger Market. Granger Market. Pretty Granger mm-hmm. Games. I worked worked with them for five years. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Um, I I was working in the warehouse and I was doing all the deliveries. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. I thought... Uh, yeah. I didn't work I in the that, Granger Market. That wasn't that long ago. Sorry. I thought you meant that you actually worked in uh, uh, the Granger Market. Uh, oh, um, I think one of some of my favourites on PlayStation... Um, I did love the Resident Evils. Uh, mm. I bought them all again on the on the Dreamcast, and I got them all again on the GameCube. I think that's one of the things. As I started to go off games, it got to the point where I was only buying re- remasters of games I liked. There was no re- really like new games. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many times do you buy the same game again? That's the question. Um, so on the PlayStation, I loved a game called Silent Hill. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, similar to Resident Evil, um, I guess. Uh, it's a lot more atmospheric, though. And oh yes, with the fog. Um, in retrospect, the the, the graphics, of course, um, on the PS One, um, were uh, look very dated now, but it looked really good then. And like you said, atmospheric and dark. Silent Hill 2 was the first game I got on the PS2. Um, it came in a cardboard sleeve flip case um, with a making of DVD and stuff like that. Um, and I, I love that game. I love Silent Hill 2. Um, I did later on get the director's cut of that, which shows a, a, a different narrative, one of the other characters. And that game has, I think, I think it's seven different endings to unlock. So there's a lot of playability there, repetitive stuff, but you know, um, different endings to unlock. Um, couldn't get into any of the later Silent Hills, three onwards, but I love uh, one and two, still do. Mm. But mm. have you ever played those properly? I got into them much. Um, I did play them. I think certainly the first one. I've got more memories of playing the f- first game. Yeah. Um. I and I, mem- I remember uh, enjoying it and finding it really creepy and unique, especially with the design of 
uh, the monsters and everything like that. But yeah. at that point, I didn't realise that there were multiple endings, so I didn't didn't replay it to get the multiple endings. Mm. And is it with the first or the second game where there's one ending where you find out that uh, everything's being controlled by a dog? Oh yes, I think I think that may be the first one. Um, which I didn't know at the time. I only found out about that many years later. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's it for games, really. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, haven't played many lately. Um, so I guess we should go on to Flux. Yeah, uh, I suppose. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> so, a uh, quick reminder, you can follow us on socials, facebook.com slash cloisterbell. Of course, we're on Twitter at Podcast Bell, Instagram underscore um, Instagram Cloister underscore Bell. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, uh, a great way to do that would be to, of course, subscribe um, on the platform and leave us a review on possibly Podcaster or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Um, and also, we do have a Patreon where uh, we have a, our first bonus episodes on there now discussing the history of the Doctor's outfit. Um, so on with Flux. So the plot synopsis for this week. Having taken control of Division Space in the Void and of the precious fob watch containing the memories stolen from the Doctor by Tektoon, Swarm and Azure stand poised to achieve their ultimate revenge Meanwhile, the Santarans, working in conjunction with the Grand Serpent, have taken Earth once again as part of a gleeful scheme to exploit the Flux and become the dominant species in the cosmos once and for all, surpassing even the Daleks and the Cybermen. With the help of Joseph Williamson and his tunnels through time, the Doctor's stranded companions must unite to vanquish the ultimate threats to life in the universe. Cast and crew for this final episode... Of course, the Doctor, Yasmin and Dan, played by Jodie Whittaker, Amanda Gill and John Bishop. Uh, Swarm was... Is it Sam Sproul? Sproulu? It's one of those. It's one of those. Azure, Roshenda Sandal, Williamson, Steve Oram, Professor Jericho, Kevin McNally, Carvinista, Craig Ells, Belle, Thaddea Graham, Kate Stewart, Gemma Redgrave, and... Santaran Commander Stenk, Jonathan Watson, <laughs> Grand Serpent Craig Parkinson, and Dan Starkey played a few of them, <laughs> uh, Claire Brown, Annabelle Scully, Vinda Jacob Anderson, Diane Nadia Albina, Ood Simon Carew, um, and yeah, I think that's it. Uh, a lot of people this episode. A lot of loose ends to tie up. Uh, so I'm not. I wasn't sure about the best way to kind of tackle this story. I think last week you suggested that we split the narrative up and follow each narrative um, one at a time. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe we can do that tonight. But it's li- <laughs> li- <laughs> <laughs> no. Even if you take everyone's narrative. It's all interlinked and non-linear. It's 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 an absolute headache. Yeah. So, so what we'll do, we'll just review the story start to finish. I know that's um, in a regular way of doing it for us, but <laughs> yeah, we'll just give it a go. Yeah. Uh, so 
it's hard to know where the story starts. We have a recap, mm-hmm. which has previously on Doctor Who, and uh, then the previously turns to now. Yeah. And blink, if it blink and you miss it, you'll be thinking, wait, I didn't, I didn't remember all this last week because the the whole pace of it kind of feels like a recap. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we've had anything like that before on the show. Um, no, before, no, I don't think we have. No. Uh, but yeah, that that pace kind of followed through the whole the whole episode. Hey. Um, we have Yaz, Dan, Jericho, and Kate Stewart. Um, yes, it's in the tunnel sequence. So we have the Suntarans, um killed by whatever's behind one of the doors. And I think that's it for that scene because it moves on so quick. <laughs> it is pretty much so... It's it's Yaz who because uh, Williamson in the previous episode has good and don't go behind that door for that door there is certain death <laughs> and you're going that's going right, to get used later on foreshadowing yeah. much um, <laughs> and what Yaz does is uh, manages to uh, I forgot what it is now but she 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 gets something which op- allows her to open the door like from a, a distance like a grappling hook or something <laughs> yeah and then all these. Thunderbolts, uh, thunderbolts come come out, hitting the the Suntorans at the back of the neck and knocking them all out. Yes, and then the door promptly closes, and that's that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, swiftly moving on, um, the Ood helps the Doctor return to the universe because the Doctor um, is is on the Division outpost in the void between between universes. Mm-hmm. So, um, she basically pulls this thing off. Um, I'm I'm guessing she's kind of drawn away because she's made of matter from our universe. Is that is that the thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if, unfortunately, because she's kind of splintered into three pieces, kind of making this a multi-doctor story of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, then the Santorans call for an alliance. Oh, excluding the Rutons, who get a mention. They hate them. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed the reference to the Rutons. All right, okay. Uh, yeah, it was a big thing with the Santoran kind of making his announcement um, to the camera, and then he he, he makes a whole speech about uh, the Ruton scum. You know, the, <laughs> they're not invited. Ah, oh, right. Yes, I remember all that bit. I I ended up missing who he was referring to. Oh, right. So I, I I went. Oh, I don't know who. He, was it humans? It must be humans. He was talking about. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right, okay, it's the Rutans, which 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 is a nice reference, which I missed. It makes yeah, sense shame. though. Yeah. Um, turns out the Grand Serpent is with the Santarans now, mm-hmm. um, because he was infiltrating Unit, which I guess has led to um, it's just led to this the Santaran occupation. Um. So what's the Grand Serpent's ultimate? goal is it just survival or domination or it can't just be survival because then you know you could easily just crack on as normal without making alliances to the Santorans or anything well well, I guess so but if the universe is uh, on its way out yes true we then go back to the doctor um, still on the division outpost because one of her one of the 
versions of her, which is now fractured, is still there with the Ood. Uh, so Azure teases the Doctor with the fob watch, um, which opens and it takes her back to the spooky house finally, that weird, bizarre haunted house in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they imply this house contains all her memories, all her past selves. Um, so it's all there. That's what that means. And I think it's Azure that says the memories will break her mind. I didn't know if that was a reference to the fact that there was just too much memory there. Or has the Doctor done something a bit shady in the past? Yeah, I think it was... I took that to mean that the stuff that she can't she couldn't possibly imagine that she's done and it's mm. it's all there and then swarm kind of uses his is this the flux energy well he just kind of like swarms her away and then back again like he's t- he's just taunting her at this stage like and this fits in with the whole thing of them later on um reversing the flux and um kind of destroying the universe over and over um so back in the Williamson tunnels, the Doctor sees all the doors. Um, she reunites properly with Yaz. Um, it's been quite a few years for them. This is quite different to Revolution. Uh, is it Re- Revolution of the Daleks? Uh, where Yaz was really pissed off that the Doctor had been away for I don't know. Was it so many months? Um, but this time round, she's been without the Doctor for years. Yeah. And she's got kind of used to the fact that that happens at this stage. Yeah, she, uh, when you compare to how... Well, really, she didn't cope with the you know with that t- uh, time uh, in the previous series with, um, when the Doctor wasn't around for three months. But now, she, you know, she, she's just cracked on and did it. So obviously she's matured and uh, a lot stronger. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Doctor has this nice moment, which is probably a bit earlier on, where the Doctor that lands here in the tunnels, she's kind of quickly identifying everyone. Um, strange Victorian man in a hat. And then um, she sees Kate Stewart for the first time in her life, her lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so the talk about kind of infiltrating this dark matter observatory um, because the Suntarans are kind of recruiting uh, a kind of psychic individuals, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, to kind of they want to find um, the end point of where um, the flux destroys everything, I think. Uh, so Jericho suggests kind of recruiting Claire, who's stuck in the past. Uh, and then I think it's Kate Stewart who mentions that uh, they found a bit of a weakness with uh, the Centaurans and corner shops. And the doctor says, oh yes, it's something to do with the metabolism and the gravity and of course they'll, they'll need chocolate. <laughs> so that that leads us to that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which um, was quite a conversation point on the live stream. I think everyone hated it, apart from me. <laughs> I loved it. But do you think I'll it just... 
Yeah, yeah, I didn't say otherwise. Sorry, I didn't. I should have stepped up, but I didn't realise you yeah, needed to like back up and take your corner. Uh, it was certainly distinctive. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was hilarious. It was that. It was something wonderfully Doctor Who of having this alien race in in just in a corner shop, and um, I, I was cracking up with laughter just having this Santar and just <laughs> just devouring chocolate. I think it was because I maybe. Uh, I recognised myself in the Doctor Who episode going, I totally sympathise. Well, that, like that's that. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I even walked away from the live stream to get some chocolate at one point. Yes, you did. Yeah, that's yeah. me, yeah. Um, uh, just, just having a sense on top. The Doctor bri- bribing uh, a Centaurin with chocolate. And she, so <laughs> just going, chocolate. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just thought the whole thing, it cracked me up. I yeah. loved it. I think... I don't know what people had a problem with. Do you think it was just too much of a change in tone? I think, I think a little bit, but also I think it was. Um, I think they saw it as being too comedic. Mm. Um, but it wasn't like, even though it was completely um, unexpected, <laughs> weird. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. unbelievable or too outrageous. It wasn't like. A, too much of a weird tongue-in-cheek RTD scene. It it was it, it was good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I had no problems with it. Um, Unwad Santorins all over Liverpool One, the shopping centre area. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember Paul McGann did the advert for that. Liverpool One. No, did he? I think so. <laughs> Right. But no, uh, what am I saying though? No, he he does the voice of everything. There was a point where there was always an advert with Paul McGann, <laughs> the voice. <laughs> uh, the Doctor and Carvinista uh, are locked up, and they kind of discuss um, the. Well, she tries to discuss her own past with Carvinista. Um, Got pointed out on the live stream that I completely misinterpreted that scene. <laughs> um, when she says, "What did she say? Were, were we companions, or something like that?" Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I interpreted that as like romantic companions. I thought, "Is that a serious question?" <laughs> and then he didn't answer. And I thought, "Oh." What? <laughs> <laughs> and after just looking at you, Rob, going, "How on earth have you inter- what? How have you interpreted that scene in that way, you odd person?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's just me. I just kind of like misinterpret most things in life and just don't question it. (laughs) Anyway, that happened and that wasn't the case. (laughs) Uh, um, So it turns out Carvinist has got this, got something in his head. He can't, he can't discuss the past. Um, so that's a bit more brutal than having your memory wiped, or is it? What's more, what's more morally right? We shouldn't put a bomb in someone's head. No, <laughs> it's all a bit questionable. Um, the Grand Serpent comes in and tells Carvinista that all the all the Hupari are dead. I wasn't sure if this was going to be. Bit of a lie at this stage because we didn't actually see it happen, did we? No, no, we didn't. It was it was one of those things where, um, 
I thought it, it could have been a lie. And as you, as you said, it, it's a surprise. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it becomes clear that it's it's not, and they've they've all be, they've, they've been completely wiped out, mm, apart from Carbonistra. Yeah. But then again, I know the answers aren't there, but presumably, presumably, the universe has been restored, and probably the Daleks, since they're back in the next episode. Does that mean the Hupari are back? Oh, we finally get to Vinda and Diane in The Passenger. So, we find that Diane, she's been coping pretty well there. She's um, managed to dig a hole into the into the machinery below. Yeah, she's doing all right for herself. What do you make of Diane? What's the point of her? Yeah. We... Like, why is she in the story? Why was she kidnapped? She works in this moment because, you know, the whole... It gives Vinda someone to talk to. Yeah. And it gives, you know, and she's managed to to work out a way to escape, but she needed someone, uh, she needed somebody else, which in this case is Vinda, to, to, to help execute the plan, because there's a very short time frame. But it could have been somebody else. It could have been Belle. You know, Belle could have been kidnapped yes. and uh, and placed in there, and they encounter each other there, and, you know, they help each other escape. Mm. It could have been Belle. Mm. could have been written in that way. Um... I'm not a fan of her character. Nothing to do with the actress, or you know, it was just. It, I think she, she just is. The character's pointless. I'm sorry. It's like what? Why was she kidnapped? That's never really explained. If yeah. it was just to have a hold over Dan, that's not really. There's a brief moment in I think episode three, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty weird. It's like yeah. the only. The only kind of reason to have her there is po- the the possible romantic connection between her and Dan. But then that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't go anywhere. And yeah, well, I think, what? <laughs> What's the point in this? I mean, yeah. it's okay that she's a strong character who doesn't want to pursue a relationship with Dan. That's fine. <laughs> but it makes it all pointless, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where does... Where does that story go? <laughs> it does, it just it doesn't go anywhere. So th- for me, it's it's the big the big problem with Flux. It's yeah. it's all it's all her fault. Yeah. No, because as we, as we've said, the um, you know this is a big story, uh, uh, told in six episodes. The six episodes are jam packed with an awful lot of going on, with an awful lot of characters, um, being involved in the narrative. Uh, there's a there's a lot to cover within mm. actually a very short space of time, um, and we you know uh, some people have said whilst talking about this series of going that you know the series it, it could have done with a bit more breathing space, get rid of a couple of characters, um, and then that goes into well who would you get rid of now I know that on our our, our live uh, feed um, I think it was Luke. Uh, who had said that he would get rid of Vinder and Bell because he didn't like the characters. Mm. Uh, fair enough. I, on the other hand, really like those characters. We've got no service, so I would argue, no, 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 you keep those characters. Um, I would get rid of Claire. I think it's it's a very, it's a very obvious thing because it's sort of like, well, um, 
we'll come on to it as well because I do think that the other characters involved in the story who aren't served well. Mm-hmm. Others are, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would get rid of Claire because it's sort of like, well... <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really a part of the story. She didn't have to be there. It's pointless. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, all right, okay, there's a romantic love interest, but as we said, it's, that doesn't go anywhere at the end of it. Which, as you said, I haven't got a problem with that. You know what? I think Dan's but really it, dodged a bullet there because she wasn't an understanding person. <laughs> like, to be honest, it, yeah. In perspective the, uh, of things, mm. she was kidnapped out of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, was he. So was he. But you know what? But it he was wasn't there on time. He was late. Uh, yeah, funny enough, I thought, oh, you're a bit of a... Yeah, you've dodged a bullet there, mate. I totally agree with you. I was just like... Because at the end, I just went... She, I don't think she comes out of the story particularly well. Yeah. She's not a sympathetic character no. at the end of it. It's just going... <clears throat> yeah. yeah. He can do yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, he can, yeah. yeah. So Jericho and Claire get hooked up to the machinery um, in a brief scene. And then after this... We're having a scene with the Grand Serpent finally interrogating the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do learn about kind of what he is. I'm guessing he's he's more than um, the race he ruled over. So Vinda, I'm, I'm, I presume Vinda and Bell are essentially just humanoid. Um. Are they aliens? I'm guessing. Vinder and Bell. It's not. It's not that clear. Are they? Oh. It's not clear. It's sort of an either or. I I, th- I took them to be aliens, but it's they could be human. Yeah, possibly. But um, the Grand Serpent isn't. I would. I thought we would have had more clarity on those those flashbacks with Vinder. Like, what was all that about? I think I probably need to re- revisit and reinterpret that that there wasn't more going on than than um, than what presented itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we learn that he is this kind of serpent being who puts snakes in people. That <laughs> comes out, tries to do that to the doctor, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, because she's in a state of flux, um, the snake kind of fluxes out her. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it's kind of jittering about, and so didn't go as planned for him. And then, and to make things worse, another doctor walks in, <laughs> um, and then, you know, good old Sonic does everything; <laughs> just freezes him on the spot. Mm. Uh, and then they get away. So two doctors united, Grand Serpent, pretty much defeated. Um, There's a lot of villains in this story. Uh, so, oh, the Doctors, then, the two Doctors, make contact with the third Doctor on the Division uh, division ship. Um, I think they're cut off abruptly, though, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, so then the Santorans get what they want from Claire, and the Santoran fleet kind of heads off. They're also going to confront the... Did the 
did the Santarans get? Um, what did they get from Claire? Was that the time of when the flux was going to hit or something? Uh, the time and location. So then the Santarans travelled through time? No. Um, because we knew the date, which was... Uh, was it the 5th of December? Yes. The 5th of December 2021. So it was in the present. They just didn't know the exact time on that date and the geographical location. Gotcha. So that's what they needed. Right, okay. Um, so it was this This was happening in the present. Okay. Whilst we were watching the episode. <laughs> yeah. So that's when... Uh, so to everyone's surprise, um, they'd made an alliance with uh, the Daleks and the Cybermen, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, right, uh, we'll discuss terms. Uh, let's all meet up in this area. Yeah. Uh, but that area is uh, where the flux is, is going to arrive. So the Santorans have come up with this idea that they will use the flux to basically wipe out all the Cybermen, all the Daleks. So they, maybe a few others, I can't quite remember. And um, so the Santorans will be... And, and the Santorans will be protected by the flux. Um using the Lapari spaceships and the idea is then that the Satorans will be um the supreme rulers of the universe. Yeah. The Doctor Kinda knew this was coming, so back in the tunnels, she um she the doctor kinda decides she's got a plan. And that plan is genocide. <laughs> so they kind of uh get the Lupari ships to Assembled behind the Santorans, and then they are killed too. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the only choice she had, but she didn't. She didn't seem too phased that she was killing all the Santorans. No, no. It doesn't bother me. Just no, it doesn't bother me yeah. either. <laughs> uh, Vinda finally makes contact with the Tardis, and that's when we learn. Um, that's when. Oh, sorry, we already knew, but that's when uh, the characters learn that. Um, Bill, not Bill, Bell and Vinda are, um, are in fact uh, the couple. Mm-hmm. So, Vinda and Diane, who spent all that time escaping the passenger, are then taken back inside as well. Yeah. Uh, the doctor says goodbye to Williamson. You know, pat on the back, you made these tunnels, job done. Yeah. <laughs> he goes. Uh, any thoughts on his character? Uh, was was that was that all pointless? Yeah, yeah. Um, I could see why because um, you know Chris Chipnell's from Liverpool, and you know he's t- you know and nothing wrong with uh, bringing Liverpool into the story and using the mystery of what the Williamson tunnels were and going well we can we can provide a, a Doctor Who explanation. Obviously, I haven't got a problem with that. But the way in which it's done in this episode, again, you kind of go, there must have been another way of, of going about this. Because, uh, as I've said, Williamson is just this character who has been introduced uh, in the first episode and then, during the course of the series, pops up every once in a while going, I'm an eccentric Victorian in a top hat and what's going on here? And then promptly running off again and going, okay... And then me as a viewer, by I think the third time this has happened, going, oh, for God's sake, either become part of the story now or 
just ah what's going on and then finally he's brought into the story and just going um just going uh i'm a mad eccentric victorian what's going on here and he's like oh you invented these uh, tunnels did you well well done williamson and the doctor's <laughs> shaking his hand now promptly go through that door and sod off <laughs> and she's uh, going just uh, nice to meet you madam and then he and then he promptly goes through the door and sods off and just going is, 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 is that it? Yeah. Uh, is that it? <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> okay. I mean, I find it funny more than anything, um, but it's just that could have been handled better. <laughs> Incorporate it more into the story, or have one of the other characters brought. I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. <laughs> yeah. So I find it funny more than anything, because but yeah. I don't know that what it, what it was better. there to for what what it was sorry what blah, blah, blah. I don't know what it was there to benefit like was it more for the local heritage or for the, for the actual story because I'm not sure we really needed these doors in time what caused these doors in time uh, did I miss something there it uh, I can't remember the exact ex- it was sort of explained I mean because th- 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 this episode's going at full space at full speed ahead. Mm. Um, you're just either big events are happening or you've got exposition just chucked at you it was explained I think it was sort of time was somehow centred at the middle of those tunnels and hence you get the doors I think Yeah. I can't quite quite remember I'll take that as an explanation yeah Yeah. (laughs) so the doctor goes inside passenger um, to get Diane and Vinda yep um, Diane is really pissed off because Dan was late. He always goes to give her a hug, and she's like, "You were late." I'm telling you, <laughs> uh, it's just like, well, yeah, it's just like, well, hang on a second, it wasn't my fault. I was kidnapped, and so were you. Yeah. So, why is this a thing? Like, well, it was his fault. His fault, and points to the dog, and she's like, well, "I don't care." Vinda finally meets Belle. Um, did you have all the right feelings that you were meant to feel at this point? Or was there just too much going on to really care? There was too much going on. It was it was great that uh, they were finally reunited, but it it, it felt that was that should have been uh, a mo- even if it was given I don't know ten seconds longer than it did on screen. I think would have actually benefited. It seemed a bit rushed. Having said that, though, I do have um, this thing where uh, films do this and television in the current era where you know that we're constantly meant to feel something and when there's this big um you know action point where it's like the bomb's about to go off and we need to go over there to stop the bomb but let's just stop everything so us two characters can have an emotional moment and you the audience going yeah yeah, yeah. but there's a bomb about to go off in about a minute's time you really haven't got time to do this mm. can you so it's so Given the fact that I find that sort of trope in in modern storytelling a little bit irritating, because it just sort of, you know, you've got this this pace going and this sense of urgency, and then you you're just going, yeah, you you wouldn't be doing this in real life. You haven't got the time for this. The bomb's about to go off in a minute. So for someone who finds that sort of thing quite funny and uh, irritating, to then go, the fact that this story doesn't do that, you just got make up your mind, Liam. But I think because we've had a number of episodes, because let's face it, these two characters could have reunited, I think, an episode earlier. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but the fact, you know, it's held off until the final episode. and It's uh, really it's, teased because then we had that scene when they almost met at, at that place with Swarm and Azure. Where, yeah. where kind of uh, Belle was abruptly taken away uh, and, and Vinda just arrived. Yeah, and I still stand by the criticism that I had for that of just going, why? Mm. Because you could have... Because the, the because the, the, there was a breach in the uh, the Lupari uh, shield, why? That was just a, just a cheap way of keeping Bell and Vinda separated for longer. Mm-hmm. When actually, what you could have done is that you have Bell and Vinda reunited in that episode at that place, and you're going, ah, oh, finally reunited, and they can get back in the ship and escape. And then, but no, Swarm has seen them, and he sticks them inside the the passenger thing, and they're imprisoned. Uh, that could have been a big moment. And then in this episode, through their own ingenuity, they find a way of getting out. That that could have been... And then you get rid of um, Dan's pointless love interest. So that removes one pointless character. So, you know, it could have been easily done in that way, I think. Mm. Um, so, But anyway, the, the fact that it's uh, it's been this big thing, that, that the whole story's been geared up, sometimes in a good way, sometimes I think in quite a lazy way, of keeping them separated and finally reunited... It um, it felt a little bit rushed. It it's, did, it's finding yeah. that it's finding that sweet spot because the, there was an awful lot to do and stop the flux and save the universe and all the rest of it. But they're in the TARDIS and they're, they're traveling, so you know that they're about you know they're going to go where they need to go. I think just a few moments longer, I think, would have made that a little bit more satisfying. But yeah, uh, didn't, didn't have time to breathe. Don't think. Yeah. Um, well, they were teasing them meeting up. Um, I thought they were kind of building this anticipation, and I thought maybe we'd get a moment like, you know, like in the Journey's End two-parter where we had Rose almost embrace the Tenth Doctor, but then he's killed. Uh, I thought we were going to have um, something like that, hmm. something tragic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably would have had more feelings towards it if it was something tragic. But... Well, we do, we do, we do have a tragedy because I think at this point it was just going, oh, someone's going to die. Who's it going to be? I did honestly think it was going to be. Now that they've reunited, it's it it'll be Vinda. Vinda cops it, and uh, I'm pleased he didn't. But but it, uh, we have my favourite character die, and uh, <laughs> that was sad. Yeah. What did you say? What an awfully good adventure, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. There was a. Uh... There was clearly uh, there was this promotional shot of him kind of checking his fob watch, um, mm. and Harry on the on the live stream was convinced that it uh, it was a Time Lord fob watch. Ah, right, okay. Um, but that never happened. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was tragic because um, him and Claire had these transmat rings, and Claire transmats away. Jericho's is destroyed, um, so he kind of he faces his death mm. uh, quite well. But that that's a bit of a tragic end, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just going, oh my fate, oh this is sad. I'm <laughs> tears are falling. Um, <laughs> no, I, I did think that was quite an emotional uh, moment, and I thought it was handled very well in term. A little bit in the writing, but certainly in its execution with the direction and the and um, McNally's acting, I thought he played that scene very, very well. 
but then it's quickly followed by one of the problems that this episode has, which is it's got it's got such an awful lot to deal with within a very short space of time. So it's like the professors died. Then you have the characters um, going, oh, the professor's dead. That's sad. And then that's it. Everyone's just sort of like back to normal. Um, it's sort of yeah. They've spent they've spent years with him. Yeah, and it's sort of it's like echoes of Adric in the classic series of Adric's dead. Mm. Let's go and watch cricket. Um, it has that sort of it has that sort of uh, whiplash effect. But I think the classic series got away with it. Yeah. Um, I think unfortunately, there's a lot of breathing room for um, some P- Professor Jericho audios there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a lot of. Stuff sure that, that'll on. not happen, but no, it's just you know <laughs> they love stories. I wouldn't put a past big finish. <laughs> the amount of the amount the amount of stuff that they've there's a there's a slight there's a slight gap in here where we're going to plug it with a million adventures and ooh spin off potential. Um, so, so we don't know. We we might get a, a flux big finish thing happening. We'll just have to wait Perhaps, and see. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when Vinda and and Belle kind of embraced in the Taurus, that's when Vinda finds out that uh, he's going to be a dad. It, <laughs> it's a bit weird. This, like, how long has she? She's not. She's not. She's pregnant, but not like full term. Yet they must have conceived before Vinda's exile, and the whole time he's been on the run from the flux. So the time frame is a bit confusing. The time, the time frame of this could, uh, yeah, yeah. Time's going weird. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just put it down to that. Yeah. Or, the, or, or being an alien race, may, maybe, um, maybe they have a longer. Maybe it's longer than nine months. Yeah, we we literally know nothing about this mm. whole series. <laughs> <laughs> there is a moment where they're talking about the child, and this is completely not the case. But my wife did point this out. Because of course, there's a potential that it, the child could be the doctor. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not exclusively ruled out. Mm. It's just a wild theory out there. But um, Bell turns to look to the doctor's direction, not intentionally, but it's there in the scene. And then the camera pans on the doctor just after they've talked about their own child. All right. No, I just thought that you know that was them sharing the the good news and the the doctor reveling in it. I thought it because obviously the, the it was one of those things that even you and I we discussed and going oh maybe there's uh, there's a lot more to these characters than meets the eye. But actually, I found it quite refreshing that 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 it wasn't that. And actually, these are just um, good characters, ordinary people caught in this big universal event. So because this this thing of the flux. Um, has involved the entire universe. Let's personalize that with a, with a couple of you know with with Bell and Vinda and how it's impacted them. So the passenger absorbs the flux. As easy as that. I don't. We don't know the whole technical side of it. Did did it like how far did the flux span uh, or anything like that? But it kind of absorbed the flux. Um, and as far as I can tell. All effects of the flux of the flux um, are kind of undone. Possibly, it's not explicitly said. No, it. Um, see, I thought it was the flux has done its thing. It's done an awful lot of damage. A lot of it irreversible. But is that what you've said before? Because um, 
The Daleks, the Cybermen, and the Santarans are completely wiped out by the um, by the Flux. And so we... are many of the galaxies, because we know, in mm. reality, in the observable universe, there's um, millions, hundreds of millions of galaxies. Or, um, or is it hundreds of thousands? <laughs> I get confused. <laughs> there's a lot of galaxies. And then, yes. And then... Yeah. And then um, when the Doctor is on the Division space station, um, she's saying, hang on, there's something not wrong here. Not right, there's something not right here. And there's only about 20-odd galaxies left. So uh, the uh, the universe is a lot smaller than it once was. Um, yes. And if that hasn't been restored, that's quite a significant thing. Well, it's a bit like in Logopolis, because um, entropy is destroying vast you know, areas of, of the universe. Uh um, and that's not reversed at the end of the story. Right. It's basically the, the big thing at the end of it is just going to those certain uh, galaxies of which Earth's galaxy is one of them where they have a bit longer to save. Um, so at the end of the story, you know, Earth's galaxy saved and a few others, but places where, like, for example, where Nyssa comes from, Traken, mm. that doesn't come back. No. That's, you know, entropy. You know. So it's sort of, it's sort of, it's sort of, I thought it was like that, where it's it's a bit like Legopolis, where... There are planets, galaxies, whatever, which has been destroyed by the flux, mm. which is irreversible. Yeah. Uh, you know, loads of people have died, including you know these big villains. But as we know, the Daleks are back, and which is going to be in the next story. Eve, is it Eve of the Daleks? I, think <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, uh, um, which will be the New Year special. Um, shouldn't it be on New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve? Yeah, I don't think they've done the title right. Should be Dave the Daleks, but that's you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's been done. Um, <laughs> another day of the Daleks. Another day, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're right. We'll uh, unless it's unless because this episode when we're watching it is supposed to be happening in the present. Maybe when we're watching either the Daleks, it's happening in the the day before. Yeah, <laughs> we'll soon find we'll out. See, <laughs> time will tell. It always does. Uh, we have Swarm and Flux, uh, who, sorry, we have Swarm and Azure, who kind of failed now because they are, the Flux, uh, the effects of the Flux, or the Flux itself, is gone. Um, now, Azure and Flux face time, a manifestation of time, whether it's an entity or something, um, it's not quite clear, but... It does come across as an antagonist, and if that's true, I know Azure and Swarm as early on as um, I don't know episode two or three, they have kind of raved on about time over winning over space. It hasn't been implied that um, there was potentially another villain or some something greater. I I, th- I feel like. Had the the reveal of time as an entity, um, had that been kind of foreshadowed a bit, it might have made um, this whole bit thing a bit easier to digest. I know what you mean. I think it was, I think it was mentioned in the third episode. Um, 
But I think it's one of those instances where it would have been nice had we'd had another reminder. I think in this sort of story with an awful lot going on, it would have. I think it would have benefited the audience of just going, you know, times a, times a sentient thing. You know, <laughs> obviously written better. Um, it's a bit sort of, a bit like in the Key to Time series, for example. Um, so I'm going back to the Tom Baker era. Um, we have. In the very first episode of the Reboss operation, we have the Black Guardian telling us all about this um, this thing about the search of the key to time. But for the universal balance, you know, he's the White Guardian, but you've also got the Black Guardian. Beware the Black Guardian. You go, all right, okay. Mm. So then you have the whole of that adventure. Then you have the pirate planet. And then the first episode of the Stones of Blood, so halfway in the series, you have a scene in the TARDIS where... Um, the Doctor has a, a, another message from the White Guardian saying, remi- you know, reminding him of the Black Guardian. Romana, Romana's like, what's going on? The Doctor explains the whole concept. So that's a reminder of the audience. So then going into the... So you've got that and then the next two stories. You know, you, you, you've you had that reminder. And I think that's quite good. I think this story would have, would have you know, benefited from that. Yeah. So I agree with you there. I think... Uh, um, it's sort of it's it's like one of those instances where um it feels like you say um on because obviously we're, we're reviewing it from the perspective of that you know we, we've been watching we've been watching the series live as it's been going out mm. um uh so it's sort of you know for, for people who have been making comprehensive notes <laughs> during watching this um then uh, you would get this, but for yeah, it does. But otherwise, it does seem to come out of the blue. It really does because we've had we're too busy guessing who's going to be the big bad. We've got the Grand Serpent. No, not him. Uh, mm. Azure and and Swarm. Oh no, not them. Tech Two. No. Um, uh-huh. And then and then time turns up and you go oh, another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, I think I like the whole concept of time better after my second viewing. Right. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. Have you just watched it the once? Uh, just the once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that I see, I saw it coming, and I know it's going to lead to something else. Uh, I'm feeling a bit different about it. Mm-hmm. Well, time gives a, a warning to the Doctor. It's sort of this 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 ear is you, you know when uh, he will knock four times you're mm. going ooh yeah. David Tennant's doctor's about to you know it's leading up to that yeah. uh, this, this one's is sort a bit of two on the nose here <laughs> it's like name drops the master yeah and then you got the doctor going what do you mean master <laughs> and you're just going mm. Mm, I don't know what could you know, t- 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 we're going to feel a bit foolish when it comes to the third episode, uh, the third of the specials, and the master doesn't turn up. Yeah, but it does seem to be a bit. Yeah, it does seem to be very on the nose. If 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 it is the case, it, yeah. uh, Um, it has to be Sasha Dwan that's back. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, he's he's a very good actor, and he plays the part incredibly well. I'd be disappointed if he doesn't come up at least if he doesn't turn up at least once more. Yes, and also time did kind of like foreshadow. The doctor's end, because mm-hmm. he said that you know her time's coming to an end or something like that, and I'm pretty no more something, no more regeneration, yeah, that... no more something else. That's a weird one. Yeah, uh, we had the Grand Serpent uh, face exile on a rock from Vinda. Bit of mm-hmm. revenge there. 
He didn't seem to remember Vinda either. Or was he? No, but uh, but I don't think that's a I don't think that was a problem because um, Vinda gets exiled for for raising uh, the problems that the Grand Serpent's been doing. So him going on exiles is revenge for that. Yeah. But the, the Grand Serpent's too high up, and he's probably done this sort of thing loads of times anyway. So why would he specifically remember Vinda? Mm. Fr- from his point of view, Vinda's not important enough to remember. Yeah, I guess so. So who knows, we might see him again, but, you know, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the fact he didn't remember Vinda is just like, oh, God, you're even more of an arse than we thought you were. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that made sense. That wasn't a problem. Um, but, yeah, it, if it, again, if the Grand Serpent doesn't, doesn't turn up, because, again, I think that there are aspects about his character and his background and what he is and where he, you know, the, there's more potential to tap into there, and I'll be interested. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's got yeah. to turn up again, surely. Maybe. <laughs> See, I don't know if uh, if Vinder and Bella are coming back. Um, assuming you know their their child's not the Doctor. Um, did mm. did Vinder and Bell go off? They went off with Carvanista. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean, maybe not necessarily be with him if they do shit turn up again. But yeah, who knows? Um, they say goodbye to Claire. Back in present day with Kate Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if the world still knows about aliens or not? They've just lived through an occupation. Um, who knows if we'll get a Russell D. Davis and like no one knows about aliens anymore. Mm. Um, and Kate would like to meet this doctor again, of course. Uh, um, Dan goes to see Diane at the museum. But, you know, she's like, no. Yeah, so let's see kind of the end of that. So Dan um, goes off with the Doctor in Yaz. Mm-hmm. And then we have the scene with the the fob watch where she, she drops it deep into the TARDIS. And uh, she's like, don't give this to me unless I ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless I really ask for it. And you go, oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing she's going to need it rather than want it, do you think? Uh, possibly it's an that's yeah. an interesting uh, possibility, but I think um, I personally think that that's the I think that's the end of it. I think that's the end of the watch altogether. Yeah, I, I don't think. I um, mean, I, I I'll probably be completely proven wrong, but I think I think that'll be the last we see of it. We've been we've been teased about the possibility of finding out about more of the timeless child background and fugitive doctor regenerations mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, but I doubt. I doubt we're going to get any more detail on that. Yeah. We had no more Joe Martin, which I, I was sure we would have because she was brought back for, like, frames of a scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's a shame. Hmm. Uh, so, kind of sums it up. There was no nothing missing from the end, was there? No. Oh, uh, um, there's probably many, many unanswered questions, which we can kind of probably go back to um, next year, um, if we think of them. But one of them uh, was the TARDIS changing. Mm-hmm. That wasn't, wasn't really addressed. They kind of just accept that it looks weird. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's clearly been affected by what's happened, and it's not going... Because it's been... It, 
completely damaged, and there's still effects of that. Um, Is that just purely from the flux? Uh, see, I thought it was, um, and it's not going to repair itself instantly. It's you know, with that much damage, it's going to take time. What's interesting, if we look at um, the advertising um, imagery of um, the next episode, Eve of the Daleks, which has the date and it's the TARDIS exterior with these red cracks appearing on it. Have you seen this picture? Yeah, I'm not sure if it looks like scratches. A dog scratches, like, he's like, they've let the dog out and he's like, let me back in. <laughs> That's what my dog does at the door. All right, okay. It's Calvinist, wants back in, but no, they're not letting yeah, him in. Um, so I'm wondering if we're going to see more, you know, uh, more problems with the TARDIS. Possibly. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And maybe there's going to be an element of time brought back in as well, because the way that they've done the date, the the because they're given the date, which is the, the first of the first twenty-two, mm. and the top of the twos look like the infinity symbol. Yeah, that's something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, that was on obviously the date, um, and also, um. I've subscribed to the Doctor Who TV website, which is the is that the official website now. I think so. Yeah. Um, and they send out regular email updates, and uh, when they announced it with that photo of the TARDIS with the cracks, um, they also said they also had um, in the text they had the text symbol of the infinity. Like so, they're they're implying it's going to be quite significant as well. Mm, uh, right. Okay. But in what way, you know? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, we'll we just have to wait and find out. But yeah. I think time's going to be uh, a thing, and um, and it seems like the TARDIS will be uh, affected by it even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we'll quickly go on to listeners' responses. Um, we asked everyone what they thought of the. The Vanquishers, and he said the Ravagers there. That's wrong. Um, first up, Martin Havel of the Bad Wolf podcast said, they made that episode, didn't they? Oh, is that it? That's it, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah, they made that, didn't they? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they sure did. Yeah, definitely did. Christopher Brett Hall said, it's a perfectly fine series finale, had it been any other season, it would have been a fine end. But at the end of a six-part storyline, it didn't live up to the expectations with characters like Vinder, Bell, the Grand Serpent feeling unneeded and too many unanswered questions. Um, Alex from Who Target says, It was okay, nothing great, nothing bad. Um, but I just felt that we've spent five episodes and uh, nothing really happened. Um to think about it and it's a bit pointless uh, Rob Keeley got in touch Doctor Who Flux 6 aka the three Jodies as with the whole series there was too much happening too much jumping about garbled exposition but it was it was exciting and epic as a finale should be plus there were some Torrens in Liverpool 1 Chibnall has come a long way since Tim Shaw P.S. What happened to A, the Suntarans left on Earth? 
B, the angels, and C, the damaged TARDIS. Um, yeah, good point about Liverpool 1 as well, yeah. I thought that was a mm. cool reference. Um, so the Suntarans left on Earth. I'm, I'm not sure that's a thing, because I just presumed the that all the Suntarans would have kind of just warped away into orbit. See, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's a good question. It's, it's like one of those things. I can understand why it's... Because um, you're getting chucked with an awful lot of stuff for this episode. Mm-hmm. We've even said it ourselves, that the stuff where, where, you know, one of us has missed something. It's, you know, because it is... Yeah, you're getting everything thrown at you. I thought that um, all the Suntarans were were up in space yeah at that point so i don't think there was any left on earth um but i can un- yeah with everything going on i, I can suspect why it, that was wasn't wholly clear yeah. and then uh we've we've discussed what we think's happened to the tardis it's still not fully repaired and i think we're expecting it to be even more damaged yes in the next uh, in the next episode and um what was the other question sorry um the angels specifically um i'm not too sure it, if it really mattered what happened to the angels cuz they they could just go on existing or yeah or and, be wiped and, out i mean they cuz the, these angels were used by the division to and they served their purpose yeah um there was one scene in the village of angels um did, did I dream this or did this happen? You know, when didn't the just go in Jericho's eye? Yeah, well, it was funny because I've been... I remember when we were reviewing the last episode and he said, because remember, Rob, he's still got an angel in his eye. And he went, oh, yeah. So I've been remembering all that. And then when it came to this episode, I completely forgot about it. And then until and then you mentioned it in the, the live stream and went, oh, yes, of course. That... Yeah, and uh, no, that that wasn't... Um, so, so that was an element of the, the episode which wasn't again one missing thing. Going well, I said that never followed through. So what? So why? So why have that? Hmm. I think Chimmel's just having a joke. See if anyone notices that and then get really pissed off. Well, I them. noticed it and then I forgot about it. Then you <laughs> reminded me, Rob, and then I went, "Why didn't uh. Chimmel do anything about it?" <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, maybe that'll happen in the big finish stories. You know that that the angel came out in in the three years. You know, and oh, he was having lots of adventures. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Harry from the Who Can Convince You podcast said, "Switched it off after twenty three minutes. I'll try again tomorrow and report back." <laughs> which he did in the live stream. Yeah, which he did. Yeah, so yeah, there was yeah. literally no point in reading that out, but it was a response. It was a response. So I, I was obliged to read it out. Yeah, and if you want to know uh, what he thought after after the f- coming back to it and watching the whole episode, um, then watch the live stream. It's all there. Yeah, um, if you haven't seen it, go there. You know, you might have loved it. You might not have. <laughs> <laughs> go find out. Yeah. G Man said. Absolutely terrible. Fair enough. I've heard wor- I've heard worse actually. <laughs> yeah, I think because um, again, our conversations about the live stream, uh, all we Divinian, uh, Divinian, what the hell? Um, opinion was <laughs> divided on on the episode, um, I, I, and we'll get we'll get onto it in a moment. But um, our 
poll on on um, on Twitter is uh, oh, is yes. interesting. Well, I'm gonna go check that out. Yeah. Did that just? Yeah, that just ended last night. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So some of our previous ones last week, we had quite quite a good response. I think it was about eight yard votes, mm-hmm. and it was very much like, was it like seventy five percent good? Uh, might be a bit higher, but yeah, it was yeah, clearly a lot of people of thought it was a good episode. It was, and we we that's pretty much been the case for for the for the episodes. Uh, this one is very different now. Yeah, it's very across the board, very even. So we have um, we we rate the episode good, average, and bad. And when we ask people to vote vote for it in that way, good and bad are really are, are both the same. It, Thirty six for good, thirty five percent for bad, mm. and average is just below that at twenty nine. It's a very, very mixed opinion. Yeah. With regards to our scores, if you'd asked me, just as the credits rolled, I would have said it was a very bad story. Right. Okay. Um, and if you asked me about flux as a whole, I'd say it's very good. Um, but my instant feelings that I was left with, I, I thought, I felt a bit let down. Okay. And I, I haven't really, I know there's been a lot of this throughout Chinnell's era, but I've never actually felt like this. Um, because Maybe my expectations were quite low with the Jodie Whittaker series 11 and 12. Um, mm. But no, I've never felt this disappointed. And I don't like saying that because there's a lot of the episode, well, most of the episode I did like. In hindsight, I've watched it, we've talked about it on Monday, and I rewatched most of it today. Um, so I've kind of acclimatised myself to it a bit. Um, and it does have a few shortcomings, but I would rate it as an average story just because... I don't know if the whole series promised more, but it definitely, um, I definitely kind of anticipated more. Right. Okay. Um. So yeah, it just just in there. It could have been better. Hmm. I don't like saying that, but it's just it's just it's just my feelings on it. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's you know that, that's your thoughts and opinions on it, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's constructive. Yeah. Um. I do love Flux as a whole, though. Yeah, well, I'm sort of... Uh, I love Flux as a whole, uh, and I like this episode. Uh, I would I rank it good. Having mm. said that, though, uh, I'll get into a bit more detail in a moment, but um, for those who are disappointed by the episode, uh, such as yourself, um, and with others, I understand where you're coming from. Because even though I like the episode, it's by no means perfect. Um, uh, you know, as we've discussed, there are, the, there are elements where you, you kind of go, right, there's too much going on. Uh, you Because there's an awful lot going on, particularly with the number of characters, there are loads of characters in what is a, a very short time in telling this big story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chris Chibnall made his life a lot more difficult than it needed to be. Yeah. I mean, we've you know during during this podcast, we've suggest you know kind of go well. Actually, what he could have done is get rid of this character, 
and rewritten the episode in this way to accommodate it with the characters we already have. There are ways to do that. So, you know, we have characters who, you know, Dan's love interest turns out utterly, utterly pointless, could have thrown her out. Um, The Williamson character, um, either you could have involved him much more in the story and have him and have that much more satisfying or um either get or completely scrap that and have something similar to the williamson tunnels but done in a much more satisfactory way because basically he comes he goes and that's it mm-hmm. um but there are but having said that so, so it's it's not perfect having said that though i think um there's an awful lot of good stuff in here. I love the villains. Uh, Swarm and Azure, I think, are great. Uh, I liked how they were written. I loved how they were performed. I loved the style and the design of them. Um, there's a moment in this episode where Azure is talking to the to the Doctor when they're in uh, Division. And I really like that scene. They're talking about their different perspectives. And I think it's written reasonably well, but it's the actress who plays Azure who really plays... Uh, Jodie Whittaker's good in this scene as well, but the, the actress who plays Azure, I think, does a fantastic job. I really like that moment, so that's a, a nice... That's actually a moment where, you know, despite how busy this episode is, we, we do, you know, there is a moment when things are brought down and we just have a nice dialogue scene between two characters. I like yeah. that a lot. I know I can... <laughs> I know there are people out there who hate it because for them it's too comedic, but I really like the whole thing with the Centaurans and the chocolate in the corner shop. I just find huge delight in that. Um, mm-hmm. There's an emotional moment when you know the, the professor dies. Um, you know, so th- there's an awful, there's really really good stuff here with fantastic performances. Overall, I found the episode incredibly entertaining. So, uh, so even though that, as I said, I don't find it perfect. Uh, I did find the the episode, by and large, strong enough and entertaining enough. It's like for me, it's good. And overall, uh, I I like I like this series of of flux. And um, even it's funny. My feelings towards Do- new Doctor Who as a whole, it can have episodes that I like, but it's. Um, and this isn't necessarily a, an issue that I have with New Doctor Who. I, I, tend to ha- I, I, re- I rarely watch a lot of current television anyway. My my tastes tend to be towards older style television and it's mm-hmm. older form of storytelling. So there's there's actually... The, there's a lot of New Doctor Who... I don't have... It, I, it doesn't have repeat value for me. No. Uh, um other Fl- than it, it's a bit shorter than it used to be, like if you if you've only got forty minutes to watch one, that's probably the only yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my th- my natural thing is I I'm much more inclined to watch classic Doctor Who than New Who. It's just mm-hmm. down to taste. Um, but of course there are you know I don't write off the whole the whole of New Doctor Who. You know there are things which I do enjoy and go yeah that does have repeat value for me. Flux has that. I will more than happily rewatch this series. Okay. Um, so for me, it's good, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect to feel that way. But uh, uh. I know what you mean. I think this comes to. I think what it is is um, we've by and large we've been actually quite disappointed with the Chris Chibbling era. So then when he comes along with Flux and just go, "Ooh, this is mm-hmm. good." Um, 
and you, you get yourself hyped up a bit. Yeah, because by and large, it's sort of we've 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 enjoyed going on this the, the ride and enjoying the story, and then when it comes to the the final chapter, and if you you know and you're going, this is really strong. This is really really good. I'm absolutely loving this, and then at the last hurdle, you go, he's really dropped the ball. If mm-hmm. if that's your if that's your take on it, then yeah, totally get you. You know, yeah. the, the disappointment uh, will be a lot. Mm. The main, my main feelings at the end was that was great, but is that it? Mm. It was all kind of it. It was dealt with rather than um, having them face a few hurdles and a few surprises. Yeah, I get that because, by and large, I mean, even I, even though I like the story and I'm happy to watch it, I, I do agree with you. It's it, it was like a predictable. It's inconsequential, kind of, really. Yeah. It's not a story with substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I enjoy it really for its entertainment value. I'm entertained by it, um, but it's not a, a story where I'm entertained by it. And I also find that you know, but it's got deep themes going on, which you know one can take away from it. It's, it's not that. No. It's diverting entertainment, done with style, with good acting, and all the rest of it. But that's it, really. So yeah, yeah. But it's not over. We've still got three episodes left, really. That. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, things could follow through, possibly. Possibly, yeah. So I think that there is a feeling, I think, with a lot of people, and I think with us as well, who kind of watch this space, I think there's there's got to be things that pick up. Kate Stewart, I would like to come back. Mm, yeah, I would. I, I'm not sure if it would happen so soon. It may be a case where... Like it's like how Barman came back and then just kind of departed. Maybe Kate will come and go, mm. and we might or might not see her in a few years' time. Yeah, but I, I think that that final scene where um, you know they're, they're both saying that they would like to see each other once more. Yeah, yeah uh, I suppose I, I feel that that's foreshadowing a little bit. I'd be mm. surprised if it's not. Um, if the Grand Serpent doesn't come back in one of the three episodes, I, I'm I'll be surprised. Um, I think there's more to there's there's more to do with that character. Um, and then I would say before from a character you know, not involved in Flux, but um, Sasha Dewan's master's got to come back. I would have thought has to has yeah has to. So yeah, that kind of wraps it up. Um, I think that's just done for christmas is that right and then we'll be returning um not back to our usual uh kind of reviews but we'll probably just return for eva the daleks Mm -hmm. do you reckon um so we're just going to take a a little bit of time off uh just get energy levels back and then all the rest of it we'll be back for reviewing eva the daleks yeah i think i need a break after flux (laughs) <laughs> and I don't. I don't mean the fact that just watching it's been exhausting. I mean, like, like it's been because just because um, we've been in the podcast and the live streams mm-hmm. and work's been busier than usual. <laughs> I thought. Well, I did know this. I thought. Well, when Doctor Who comes along, I'm going to get a bit less sleep than I probably should. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to have a little bit of rest and then yeah. kind of like. Yeah, get my energy levels back, and we'll get back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah um, please do keep an eye on us on socials and we'll announce uh, when that'll be um, 
and we'll also probably decide what day our podcast will resume because we're on the most of uh, this year we were releasing our podcasts on Monday. No, Monday. Tuesday, uh, no, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. It was Monday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or any day, yeah. No, it was the <laughs> Monday. Um, and for reasons um, with Flux coming out, we changed that to a Friday because we thought we can't really do our Flux reviews the next day. <laughs> uh, or if we do bring them out on Monday, it's going to be a week and a day behind. So, you know, uh, mm. the logical step was to move to Friday. So we'll evaluate that. Has it been successful and what day... Um, we'll go to when we do resume mm-hmm. and I think our next normal podcast is Amy's Choice yes it is yes yeah so we'll get to that um, after Eve of the Daleks mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah we'll kind of sail through it until uh, until Easter <laughs> we're back to the things Doctor <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, I hope everyone has a has a great Christmas mm-hmm and a happy new year. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a happy new year. And um, take care. Hear from us soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. The tide is close to Bell. Imminent disaster. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no.